Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. This episode is a bit um, interesting since, well, we're back into some sort of conspiracy theories again. See, the, the occupational leader, Goliater, as they're known quite often, of the Kherson district was killed yesterday. And the situation surrounding his death and everything is quite bizarre. Mr. Stremousov, well, he used to be one of those weird people. You know, just like the leader Denis Pushilin of the Donetsk People's Republic. He used to have his hands into the uh, Ponzi scheme business, the famous MMM. I highly recommend you do check out my scam episode of the older ones. I think that's about two years old, that's all about the Mavrodi and everything. Yeah, it's about that. Well, Stremousov was into alternative medicine. The, the kind of that waves, hand waves crystals around your head and uh, says that they'll cure you of cancer or something. Stremousov had previously also run an elections in Kherson, in which he gathered a very respectable 1.17 and 1.37% of the vote. He was by no means a popular person, in no situation whatsoever, and you know, he also wasn't wasn't endowed with any real power. Previously, we had seen him, you know, when Kherson was under actual danger of occupation, when the Ukrainians were advancing, he had published statements about how Kherson will always be a Russian city, and how no one should panic, all the while, you know, himself being in Moscow. That was uh, geolocated, by the way, so he was quite wary about his own physical health and situation and everything. And, uh, well, that didn't really stop him from three days later after taking the video to appear in uh, in Herson once again. And now, well, he's dead. And uh, that situation is a bit murky, since there aren't already clear answers about what exactly happened. But uh, I do do have three options of what could have happened, although I I don't believe one of them, but there are two which could be very seriously taken a look at. 
first of all, let's remember that Mr. Stremosov, he was one of those guys who were in public yelling at the fact that um, any any Russian person who would even as even mention an act as leaving Kherson should just shoot himself. He was very much anti anti Ukrainian, a traitor, so to speak. But um, yeah, he's one of those super active guys, which Putin didn't like. So, well, then there's the official version, which means that in the exact day when Herson is about to be left, because that's happened officially now, Shoigu has given the orders for Russian forces to leave Herson in a very bizarre press conference, no less, where he he stated how well the war is going, how everything's amazing, and, you know, yeah, but at the end, we would need to leave Herson. So now they're just moving across the river Dnieper on the other coast. So Kherson's going to be taken by Ukrainians very soon. This also doesn't seem to be like a trap at any moment, because to spring such a trap, they would need to have a massive forcing of river Dnieper. No one expects this to be a trap on the Russian side as well. Every actually truly interested people are very concerned about this. And again, yelling at Putin about his one, again, true loss, and being more and more wary about Rush falling apart. But we'll get to that point. Stremusov is now more important. On the very exact day, there's this theory that uh, there was a car accident involving a truck and his truck, his car, and that Stremusov died. Now, there are problems of this, since we have pictures of this car accident. But uh, there are no pictures of this so-called truck that, in, that caused this accident. What was it? Where did it go? What happened with it? We still have no idea. There have been only pictures of Stremusov's car and none of the so-called truck. Now, of course, despite all these coincidences that on the day that Kherson is being moved, you know, being retreated from, that this politician, which had no real power, but was, again, trying to make his own PR, which Putin doesn't like, and then this very day he wanted to go somewhere and then there was this random truck and then he hit him and then the truck went away and then just because of a coincidence the truck actually wasn't caught and the truck just didn't do anything. There's a ton of coincidences for a very short period of time, okay? But um, we can't really, you know, cancel this one out. It could happen. Now, it is extremely unlikely that this official version actually happened since it's just ridiculous amounts of coincidences for one little event. But we can't really throw this one out. Much more likely, however, is the second version. And that is obviously the fact that he was um, accidented. Now, what's strange is that persons of his rank usually get thrown out of windows, or, well, novichokt. That's uh, also a term, apparently, but kind of makes sense. He, up until the last point, stated that everything in Harrison was normal, even though a week ago he was among the people who also stated that, yeah, there might be a possibility of moving on the other side of the river, even though he disapproved of that and was very fanatical in this. But in the sense, you know, that's a proud tradition of Russian people to throw away their own. Russia will always leave you behind. Although they like to state the opposite, but uh, Russia will kick away people that they, you know, take care of, supposedly. And uh, in a way, he was also a witness, you know, to everything that happened in Kherson. He was one of the more active supporters of Russia. 
then who knows, maybe he would turn into another turncoat. Maybe he turned his coat once again. And arresting him would be a stupid idea since, you know, that would look bad. But if you just accident him away, well, no one in Russia is gonna, gonna be worried about him anyways. No one in Ukraine is gonna be extremely sad about his loss either. So the, his only value was in the information that he had in his head. And now that's gone. The, the bigger, benef bigger benefactor of all this situation is the Russian government. Because there's one less witness to be called in any possible future court or, or anything like that. And that would make sense, you know, it's just another sloppy work of the KGB or the other institutions, FSB, sorry. You know, they would just, they had a problem, they didn't know what to do with him, and you know, when if he would be forced to move, he would probably protest, and well, we can't have that now, can we? Which means that I, I quite likely believe that this is a prob probable version that, um, that their own people basically just sloppily did this. Because again, the mysterious second truck, which apparently caused this whole situation, hasn't been caught, probably will never be caught ever, and it's just nowhere to be seen. And if you remember, the leaders of these occupied territories, they were always Raschodichny uh, material, or material to be wasted. Zaharchenko, Motorola, all these guys, yeah, they were killed in their own, their own internal stuff. Internal stuff, or just removed, that would be nothing new, that would be just on the spot for everything. Whatever, whatever Stremusov knew, well, now he's taken to the grave. And again, I expect this explanation of the whole situation to be much more likely than just a random coincidence of, you know, total nobodies just smacking into his armored car out of nowhere. And now for the third version, which is also likely. The, the least likeliest version is the fact that he randomly died in a true car accident. You know, the first one that I mentioned. The third version is the fact that Stremusov is actually very well alive. That this is just some insinuation, some, some fakery of his death. That it's some sort of a special operation. And this is uh, not the first time that this has happened, not even in Herson. If you remember, the, the FSB had done it before because they faked the the deputy of the head of the pro-Russian civil administration of the Kohovsk region of the Kherson Oblast, Vitaly Gura. And he really, you know, stated this in the, the Channel 1. At the same time, in the same region uh, of Novaya Kohovka, Sergei Tomko, another of these clerks there, his uh, death was announced in July... But, uh, yeah, that also turned out to be faked. So, we have evidence of this happening before. And the thing that would vote and vouch for this specific scenario is the fact that, again, all these deaths were confirmed super quickly, confirmed extra fast, with no, like, no objections, no, no ifs or whys or whatever. They just were there. So... I believe that this third version is also quite likely to actually have happened. So, I don't know. Either he's really dead, and then, if he's dead, then most likely by the people in the FSB, who just sloppily chopped him off the block, or that he's just being held somewhere as some sort of special operation, 
for, as of yet, unknown reasons. Maybe he's being tortured, maybe they're getting some guarantees that he won't talk. That also is an option. I don't know. However, I highly doubt that this has been done by any uh, Ukrainian forces or any random random accidents whatsoever. And uh, another reason that kind of plays into these last two versions is that there is no body of Stremousa. Nothing. We just have words from people who are very well known to be lying uh, quite constantly, so to speak. Now, um, about the metadata argument. A lot of people heard that uh, apparently the publishing of the video of his death came out three hours before, well, his actual death. However, note that in this case, metadata could just have made an error, since metadatas are all functioning on the zero hour difference, like on the Greenwich time. Meanwhile, Kiev is right now on plus three. So, you know, once the video is posted, the, the metadata comes out, uh, and it's always functioning by, by the device that publishes the video, and the hourly difference is there, so I wouldn't count on count on that being faked. I mean, seriously speaking, yeah, in this case, the hour difference is just uh, natural for the apps. The most important part here to remember is the fact that, um, yeah, this, this job that these people have to be traitors, to work with occupation governments and everything, that's the most dangerous job on the planet, if you think about it. No one loves you. Not even Putin loves you and... Well, when you post, put all your basket, all your eggs in the single basket, then uh, such things happen. But um, yeah, besides Tremusov, yeah, there's another big thing: the whole Herson being left. So, Russian Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu ordered the withdrawal of military equipment and personnel from the right, that is, western bank of the Dnipro River, where Herson is located. Quote. Proceed with the troop withdrawal and take all measures for the safe transfer of equipment, weapons, and personnel across the Dnipro. End. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Shogu's order to retreat followed the recommendation of General Sergei Shurovikin, General Armageddon, commander of the Russian forces in Ukraine. The general made a report to Shoigu on November the 9th, which was broadcast live on Russian television. Shurovikin said that current conditions is that in, under current conditions it is impossible to fully supply Kherson and that it would be best to take up a defensive position on the Dnipro's left bank. 
According to Surovikin, the retreat from the right to the left bank of the river will save so soldiers' lives. Quote, the lives and safety of our Russian troops is always our priority. We also need to keep in mind the threat to the civilian population. End quote. Shoigu agreed. Ramzan Kadyrov, head of Chechnya and a frequent commenter of the war in Ukraine, by the way, he wrote on Telegram that, quote, he agrees with Surovikin's decision. Quote, having weighed all the pros and cons, General Surovikin made a difficult but correct choice, said Kadyrov. If Russian troops retreat to the left bank of Dnipro, the entire Mykolaiv region will be under Ukrainian control. At the moment, Russian forces control about 4% of the region, or around 1,000 square kilometers, around 380 square miles. Head of the Mykolaiv region, Vitaly Kim, stated that, quote, if Russians see only one thing, it means they'll do the opposite. Mikhailko Podolyak, advisor of the president of Ukraine, also advised waiting for real action from Russian armed forces, quote, until the Ukrainian flag flies over the city of Kherson, it makes no sense to talk about the Russian retreat. Andriy Yermak, head of the office of President Zelensky, reacted with skepticism as well, saying, quote, Someone thinks he's very clever, but we are one step ahead. Before Shoigu announced the retreat, there were reports that the Russian army was blowing up bridges over the Dnipro. Serhii Khlan, a deputy of the Kherson Regional Council, said that Russia had blown up five bridges leading to the right bank of the Dnipro. According to Khlan, this represents the Russian army's attempt to prepare for the withdrawal and slow down Ukrainian armed forces' advance on the left bank region. Neither army has officially con confirmed blowing up these bridges, mind you. So, this is, this is interesting. The city of Kherson was the only Ukrainian regional center which Russian forces captured in March 2022. Russian armed forces moved into the center of the city of March the 2nd, one week after the beginning of the, of the invasion. Reports emerged that the officials and security forces didn't mount a full defense of the city. Quote, I don't know why it turned out that way. The soldiers fought on the outskirts of the city is 100% true, but local authorities completely abandoned residents. End quote. This was said by journalist Konstantin Ryzhenko, who left Kherson six months after it was occupied. Russian officials and Kremlin-appointed uh, authorities in the Kherson region promised that Ukraine would not regain control of the region. Andrei Turchak, secretary of the General Council of the United Russia, went to Kherson in May and said, quote, I would like, once again, to, to, to say to residents of Kherson region that Russia is here forever. There should be no doubt about that. End quote. Turchak reacted to the retreat from Kherson with a quote from Tolstoy's War and Peace, quote, It is not difficult to take a fortress, but it is difficult to win a campaign. Ukrainian authorities, on the other hand, had promised to recapture Kherson and the entire region. In Russia, after Ukraine received long-range HIMARS rocket launchers from the United States, Ukrainian armed forces started shelling bridges in the region, creating supply problems for Russia. Kiev suggested that Russia should retreat from Kherson as a gesture of goodwill. This is how Russia had explained its previous retreats during the course of the war. At the end of August, Ukrainian armed forces attempted the counteroffensive in the Kherson region, but the Russian Ministry of Defense called it a failure. In early October, Russian President Vladimir Putin signed an order annexing Kherson and all the remaining occupied Ukrainian territories, which again, let me point out, was a dividing line for me, which meant that each of these retreats, should they happen in the future, will be taken much, much harder than the ones before, because this is now Russian land. But, as we now see, within two weeks of the annexation, General Sergei Surovikin, commander of the Russian forces in Ukraine, said that there was a complex situation in Kherson which could require complex decisions. 
At the same time, Russian appointed authorities in the Kherson region announced the evacuation of civilians from the right bank of the Dnipro. So now, if we remember that at the beginning of November, Kremlin issued an order to prepare a public opinion poll for a, for a retreat from Kherson. The Kremlin wrote manuals for propagandists saying that the Kherson front is the most difficult at the current stage and that Russian troops are seeking to save the lives of civilians and personnel while Kiev is, quote, ready to send tens of thousands of its own and others to their deaths. Ukrainian armed forces adopted a wait-and-see approach in early November, having halted their offensive in Kherson after a series of, of unsuccessful attacks. So now, yeah, everyone's um, more or less wary. Because this could be a very cunning trap. However, my buddies, well, Girkin's old friends, because Girkin himself is on the front lines right now and isn't posting that much, old friends are already calling this a dagavarnyak, or some sort of traitory. A lot of people in the super far right of Russia simply can't believe that their army can actually lose and be outplayed. They are calling this a betrayal of the highest order. Very angry at that. They're not happy, no one's happy. Uh, some pro, pro-war tele- Telegram Z channels are trying to explain this away with, uh, you know, necessary acts and that people shouldn't worry, sometimes hard decisions need to be made. However, one thing is there in common. They are all worried about how the city will be retaken, since everything else except Kherson was bought by a lot of blood by the Russian forces. And forcing Dnipro, which at that point on the map looks almost like a sea, I was there is a daunting task to any army. Not even talking about the uh, ill-equipped, very logistically undersupplied and ill-trained army of the Russian Federation. But, yeah, I quite, quite much approve of Ukraine's plans to take this whole thing slowly, be a bit more skeptical. You can never know. Russians are very well known about cheating their allies, cheating their enemies, and in general, you know, if you listen to my How to Understand Putin episode, you know that uh, that stuff is just what they do. But yeah, that's it for today. Still planning, uh, currently writing budgets on the the next trip to Ukraine, which is going to happen in January. So far, we're, we have a driver already, making sure everything happens smoothly. We're going to have some other projects which we're going to try to accommodate. But uh, so far... Working as usual. Please consider becoming our patrons on patreon.com slash border or giving us a one-time donation via PayPal. Or, you know, if you listen to this on Acast, there is this support creator button, which I don't know much about, but apparently it exists. But yeah, on theeasternborder.lv, you can always listen to all the episodes without ads. And, you know, if you click the donate button there, we'll be very, we'll be very thankful. And if you become a patron, well then, that would be just amazing. Thank you very much for listening. Again, the Sudanya Tarishi. And remember, happiness is mandatory. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.